and I know a lot of people around the country are really struggling, um, and I and I understand where they're at because I've been through bankruptcy, mm. I've lost a business, you know, I've, I've I've been through that. I know it's a terrible thing, but in that time for me, it was the best thing that ever happened, and, and people won't realise that right now. But in, in the future, they'll look back and go, "Thank goodness that happened to me." Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. I gotta tell you, um, my confidence hasn't been where it's normally at. I would say that I'm someone who sees the light in life. I would say, because I was given so much light, I'm fascinated with understanding the darkness. Why? So that I can understand where we sit, that balance where we have to to maneuver between the good stuff and the bad stuff. This week I've been really fell, well I feel like I fell a little bit internally and and I've been trying to process this and and look I can't say anything's wrong apart from the obvious fact of this worldwide corona thing and all of the you know the bombardment of information that we're taking and that's partly what I think is going on but there's this other area this this the lack of connection maybe it's that plus it feels like about 10 other things and I can't quite pin my finger on it but it's like I'm okay but there's something there's something not quite right and and I have been cognizant of this this week and just trying to kind of counteract it be kind to myself be kind to others be mindful of feelings and Look, I'm saying all this because tonight I had a really nice moment. Tonight I caught up with Paul Rangawahia on the podcast and Paul joined me and it was more than a podcast. This is more than a podcast. This is our portal to connection. I connected with Paul and I just had a really good time and we had a really good chat and you can probably feel in this that I'm excited, I'm I'm optimistic, I'm I'm present, I'm mindful, I'm in flow. It's the closest, I think we've got to learn that it's the closest we're going to get to this human connection for a while. Our our collective confidence has been hit somewhat, that we don't know what it's going to be like where when we get to see each other. Is it a hug? Is it a is it an elbow touch? Is it nothing? We don't know. And when we don't know, we don't feel confident. So tonight I felt confident and I feel confident and it's another way of using life and understanding life to to give you what you need you know I've been exploring that and Paul and I talk about that about that point in this week's podcast that it's all these different tools it's it's like I think we said it's like 45 different things going on at once if you really want to look at life if you really want to dare to dream stand by for lots of different ball juggling if you want to if you want to trade it in if you want to be part of the the modern suppression then then do that but it comes at a cost you might only have those three balls two balls one you just might be throwing a ball to yourself where where true life is about all of these things happening at once and and you trying to process it now and then and in the future and and that's overwhelming and I think that's been what we've we've been opened up to during COVID is this unlimited amount of capacity for life and 
when we say life it's not just all the good things in life it's all the bad things in life too so we have to work hard to to understand it and oh, brave person who says understand it to try and acknowledge it and to catch these things and to use these things so we go deep we go deep in this podcast and i want to get into it paul thank you brother for joining me on the podcast it's been a while coming our chat and so happy that it happened at this time like i said to you i needed this for me you were there for me please reach out if any day i can be there for you okay team enjoy this chat with paul rangawahia and uh yeah if you're new here hello welcome if you've been around here for a while thank you again for blowing my mind turning up every week and doing this with me being on this journey with me because we are all on the journey together so let's take a deep breath together all right let's jump into the chat with paul rangawahia thank you everybody for blowing my mind Paul, man, thanks very much for joining me, and I really do mean that. I mean, I say it at the beginning of most podcasts, but this feels different. Doing more than just making content, where we're hanging out, we're being together, and and I mean, I was thinking about today, bro, like how, like I'm okay, but I realize my confidence has taken a hit, and nothing's happened. I'm just kind of feeling a bit like like it's like I've spent too much time with myself and I know that sounds a bit strange but I'm yearning for that connection and we can own it's like we can get 40% of it digitally but no one acknowledges it you know and so you got your family and you try and it's like a bank you can only take so much out until you get into the overdraft and then you got to start paying some back in and I think that's where we go external to to find a bit of whatever it is this life thing so it's just really interesting bro that i get to hang out with you because you know i like the fact that normally i get to make content but man i think i'm like filling my whatever it is up you know or at least 40 percent of it with you bro so thanks for that <laughs> yeah hey, my, my pleasure will and i think you're right though because i think during this time we've been challenged in so many ways but a lot of it is around um, those internal um, dialogues that we have, you know, like we used to tapping into different things that enable us to, you know, feel a certain way. Mm. And um, and all of a sudden that's challenged and it's quite confronting. Yeah. It's like looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, hey, who who are you? Who mm. really are you? You know, mm. and uh, and I've enjoyed that. For me, it's 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 very normal because I've, I've been um, in these situations many times before but I, I know around the country for a lot of people this is very um, uncharted territory mm. so uh, I can understand the angst or I yeah. can understand you know that, that, that you know funny sort of way we're feeling about things right now yeah, and, and like yeah, I, I think during this time I've, I've really enjoyed um, I think challenging some of my own thoughts and some I guess cultural thoughts that we have and, and one of the things I was thinking about today, you know, coming on and talking to you was about success. You know, you, you think about how we we look at success in um, in our in our world that we live in today. We look at successes and you know, what's your career like? Mm. How much money have you got? You know, what's your lifestyle like? I've actually enjoyed not seeing people posting on Facebook. You know, all all the amazing things that they're doing. You know, and, and so what success is? What does it look like? Well. <laughs> 
for me, you know, success is about uh, being comfortable with yourself, you know, mm. being able to uh, uh, enjoy the quiet moments that we have as opposed to being the extrovert, look what I'm doing, you know, look at how amazing I am, you know. Mm. And so those people who are used to doing that, all of a sudden, you know, are probably asking themselves, God, you know, um, I can't wait to get back to the, the normal life so I can see how amazing I am. But 100%. It's like... I've been trying to process it. And I think part of the problem is we're processing it in real time. You know, that's something we don't get to look back at our family or history is that we just see the long term game that they played. But we're in this every day and we're reminded of time every day, like in terms of like, it's not quite not since I was a child that I think about times as like, remember when you're like, I can't wait till my birthday. It's only one year away. And that was like this mammoth of time. And now it's like, we've got these like two week blocks, you know, we had the initial lockdown and that's like two weeks. And, and I think we all think, cool, I'll pin my, I I can kind of plan with that, but we're like recalibrating our whole, you know, I think about my life as like twenties, thirties, and now heading into my forties. And, it's only recently where I've been like, okay, I've just got to make a plan for the next week, you yeah. know? And it's kind of like, it's an, it's a mind blowing thought. And it's actually, it's so hard for, I think many of us because it's so new or we're reminded of that life is not just this long-term strategy, like a mortgage or something like yeah. that, you know? And, yeah. and I look at that artwork that you did behind you. And, and I think about the word warrant of fitness and it's like we it's like we're so ill prepared not financially but emotionally for for making sure we've got to keep this thing running and i think we're all trying like i'm trying desperately to find any little thing like wim hof breathing ice bath anything just to like take my mind off you know just how intense our own lives are and there's nothing going on where i'm at home but it's like this long 24-hour window of just where does work start? Where does it stop? How does it? How does the world go out there? Okay, i got to go shopping. And these are all things we'd laugh at like two months ago. That's right. And, and like you know, I was saying about success, you know, often we, we think about output. You know, like you ask someone, how are you going? And they'll say, oh, look, I'm so busy. You know, I'm so busy doing this, I'm do- doing that. As if, A, it's a badge of honour, but B, you know, if you're not doing something – you're not achieving, you're not successful. Mm. And I've been on this journey for a, a number of years, but um, as I've talked to people during this time, and I do a lot of work with, with companies in Australasia uh, around, obviously, uh, state of mind, well-being, um, and uh, things about emotional health, mm. um, is, is one of the key things is, you know, to be present. You know, you don't have to be anywhere else. You know, so what can you influence in front of you right now, you know? And it's not a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the great thing is we don't have to rush off and get our fix of our, of our, of our coffee or, or whatever it is that we need, you know. We, we don't actually need a lot to survive. We need mm-hmm. a roof over our head. We want to feel sort of safe and secure. We want to know that there's people around us that, that care for us and we actually belong to something, you know. Yeah, yeah. But we don't bugger all, you know. And, uh, and for me, it's been very good to know that I can just hang with the kids, you know. Yeah. I can spend time with them and help them with their, their schooling, you know. Or I can talk to my wife about some of our dreams and aspirations, you know, and, and what we've achieved to date, you know. We've been together for 25 years. Look at some of the amazing things that we've achieved, you know. Mm-hmm. If this is as good as it got and that was it, we've done really well, you know. Yeah. We're proud of that, you know. Um, so it, it's, a, yeah, it's a, it's a, Oh, yeah, I, I think this is a gift, you know, me personally. Yeah. And I know a lot of people around the country are really struggling. 
um, and I and I understand where they're at because I've been through bankruptcy. Mm. I've lost a business, you know. I've, I've I've been through that. I know it's a terrible thing, but in that time for me, it was the best thing that ever happened. And, and people won't realise that right now. But in, in the future, they'll look back and go, "Thank goodness that happened to me." You know, yeah. I didn't have to endure the pain I was suffering. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, eh? Bro, hundred so, percent. Yeah. I think I think that's the confusing part too. Is it's not just that you are maybe forced to shed the skin of who you were. It's the fact that you remember all the things you do, yeah. and the fact that we burn through so much McDonald's in our life, and that we didn't have it, and we were all right is confronting because you're like hold on a minute you're saying that i did that for that amount of time and it was actually worth squat and i reckon if it if we don't process it it's part of what's i think's happening with me as i'm looking and i'm like man what is i mean i already was like what does it all mean (laughs) and now i think many of us are like what does it all mean you know you're telling me that essentials is connection and food oh Then I've played I've played my hand wrong, you know, because I was out here trying to do this and that and whatever, and and you know part of what I do on the podcast I think is that I had quite a cruisy run as a child, right? I had people who kind of diverted problems, and they were doing it out of best intentions, but it, it created a person who who really didn't look at the world as black and white. I just saw white. I just saw light. Yeah. I just saw good things, and it's it freaked me out as I got older. The fact that I'd come across someone and I'd be like, "Hold on, how does how does that work? How yeah. can people not love their people around them? How can we have abuse? How can we have this?" And I I think I started that subconscious journey of talking to people who have you know seen it, who have been through stuff, and can share that message. And and I mean I don't know, but uh, it kind of feels like we have the shared um, experience. And we'll be able to kind of reset ourselves pretty quickly because we know what it's like now to okay, stay in your homes for a month. Good yeah. luck. We'll see you yeah. later. And, you know, you just were like, oh, I wonder what everyone else is doing, you know. And it was a very, um, and it still is, it's a very weird time, eh, bro, where we're just confronted with ourselves every day and asking ourselves, like, who are we? And, like, I'll find myself kind of maybe five versions of me will emerge during the day and and i think what's happening in those moments is i'm just trying to work out who's that guy where's he come from you know who's the grumpy guy who says to the kids get back to schoolwork, but doesn't actually can't be asked to go see what the schoolwork is and then you know what i mean and and my wife and i cracked up today because i'm like sweetie you keep saying to them go back to do schoolwork, and we don't know what they're actually doing so they're on these devices and imagine being them. them like I've got two kids they'll look at each other or two young boys and they'll look at each other and probably say they keep telling us to go on our computers and we've got nothing to do so today I sat down and we went through it a bit and I was like okay cool 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 and I think what it is is parents aren't used to having them around so much absolutely you know so we just it's all changed I, I think as, as, as parents we are um, you know, very custom in, in, the, in the time that we live that um, you know our kids are as busy as we are. We we, we think that you know being busy is, is the way you know to success. Mm. And uh, of course we want to fill them with so many experiences. But um, you know during this time I, I realised that less is more. And um, you know if we look at our own uh, I guess working days or a schooling day, in reality we're probably only getting you know 
probably, uh, I guess, two or three hours of good learning or good work. The rest of it's sort of that sort of noise around, you know, the, the good stuff. Mm. Um, so I've enjoyed the fact that I've been able to um, talk to the kids about things like language, you know. Mm. So um, if, if, you know, you look at a problem in a schooling sort of sense or a work sort of sense, you think, oh, my God, this is so hard, I can't do that. Well, you'll find every reason why you won't achieve that, you know, mm. um, that, that, that task or overcome that task. So it's been really nice to be able to talk to, to my children and say, hey, look, I think the, the, the first thing is that when you look at something, how do you see it? You know, do you see it as a, as a really hard thing to do? And if you do, that's okay. But if it is that way, how do we break it down into more sort of manageable sort of bite-sized chunks, you mm. know? So being um, available, firstly, for my children's being the key. Mm. And secondly, to be able to help them to... to, to break things down to smaller bite-sized chunks and to attach the, the, the positive language and, and, and mindset to that, that task has really accelerated their learning more so than what they would learn at school, yeah. you know, in, in, a, in a short space of time. Because as we know, at school, you're kind of having to one-size-fits-all and we're trying yeah. to get it around, you know, um, into, you know, you know, that sort of herd learning. But um, So those things have been, have been really, really good, you know. And, and, and as I said... Um, it's, it's not about uh, trying to be busy all the time. It's just trying to do things in, in nice sort of uh, uh, chunks and then focus on some downtime, focus yeah. on some fun stuff, you know, yeah. focus on some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely my goal to get better with that. Like, and that's the thing. It's probably the metaphor is, you know, in the artwork piece behind you, what is there, 40 little... 45. 45. There's probably 45 things in life that you've tried to got to get right every kind of hour just to be conscious of. And and I guess modern society treats us a bit like a herd, but it's probably not modern society's fault entirely because... Maybe doing it that way, you only have to enact three or four of these things at once. Yeah. And it helps you get through en masse, right? Because we know it's complicated when you really look at all this stuff. But it's been a challenge to say, man, if there's 45 things happening at once, I'm only used to three or four. And yeah. it has become overwhelming. But the good thing is, like the real good thing is, there is all of these things happening at once. And there always was. And it is kind of up to you to suss out. Um, or to you know because just because you know what it is doesn't mean you're going to catch it you know you might be the grumpy version of you come out and I see it now I see and I, I think I've always seen it but you just yeah. ignore it or you're jacked up on Maccas or something crazy you know and and now you're looking and it's coming out of my mouth go do this or you guys should and I'm thinking man you know tidy your own crap up before you're starting to mouth off at everyone else and and I will say it's probably a mild version and I'm, I'm sure people are dealing with this in all different variations you know I've heard that um, well depression's up and suicide's up and those things and I desperately hoped that that would be opposite you know I'm, I'm yet to see the kind of statistics but I thought given these challenges you know all of the complexity that we're going through about being on our own that it would it would give us hope it would give us a, a true definition of meaning and that you'd have to work harder that it ain't easy that no one ever sussed it all out in a month you know and yeah. um and, and i and i and i'm with you you know i think in a in a sort of um a perfect world we, we think that uh, we'd all have this great time for reflection but the reality yeah. is that a lot of us live in some pretty shitty uh, you know sort of circumstances and uh you know, um, if you're, you know, you've got a meth problem and supplies obviously uh, yeah. low, 
demand is high, mm. you know, there's some serious shit going on, yeah. you know. Um, unfortunately, you know, there is, uh, and, and I know this because a friend of mine who runs a centre in, in Taranaki called the Taranaki Retreat, which is a retreat for people who are, who are suffering from tough times, you know, who are very, uh, in the, the, the deep sort of set of depression, anxiety, mm. suicidal thoughts. Um, he said it's just been a massive spike, you know. Bugger. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's pretty ugly out, out there because a lot of stuff's going un, unreported and, and things. So um, for us, you know, who, who are not as is, 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 um, greatly affected by, you know, what's going on, it's a really wonderful time to, to be introspective and, and, mm. uh, and look at where we're at. But um, unfortunately for a lot of people, that's not the case, you know. And uh, um, I, do, I do worry. Um, uh, what's going to unravel in the in the next uh, you know few months to years? Um, in terms of, I guess, uh, I guess you know the word is mental health. I, I look at it more as emotional health. You know yeah. how we're feeling. You know what we're uh, we're thinking. Um, but I also think that it's a really great opportunity because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. We were all going through something like a world war. Mm. You know we're we're all affected by it. And so um, when we're all affected by something, it's, it's I, I believe, a lot easier to talk about how we feel, you know, because I, I've got stuff going on, like, you know, I, I've discussed, you know, already tonight, um, that is, uh, you know, um, something I want to share. And it's mm. a great time to share when someone else is feeling the same way because they're mm. locked up and they're, you know, affected either directly or their family's affected in some way, you know. So why not talk about it? And unfortunately, culturally in New Zealand, it's something that we're not very good at. You know, we um, are very good at holding on to it as opposed to expressing how we feel. So, mm. I hope out of this that um, we, we 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 feel a um, I don't know just just the the want to, yeah. to be a little bit more vulnerable. You know, mm. and uh, and to share some of those things that ordinarily we wouldn't have. You know, yeah, and, man. Um, isn't it also interesting? We you you know the word vulnerability is really is really forefront. You know the coronavirus attacks the vulnerabilities, and mm. and and us in the Western world are super vulnerable, like physically. You know we, I mean I probably brought up Maccas three times. I'm super conf- conflicted because I was one of the people who 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 found myself in a line yeah. on that on that level three and. And I mean, I'd be keen to pick your brains because I've seen back and forth scenarios about like psychologically, it gave us a, a tiny release of the control we've had to hold, yes. you know, but at the same time, it also it allowed us subconsciously to buy back in to yep. this non-essential, right? It, and that was what I love most of all about this whole um, experience is that non-essentials were just straight out. And no one argued. And it was all the things that had the biggest budgets. The biggest marketing budgets were all the non-essentials. And I don't know if we'll ever be ripped far back enough to see it. Or they might become craftier. They'll work out how to have supermarket chains so that they'll always be an essential and it's this parasite, yeah. you know. But but they rep- it represents something in us, you know. And, and I, I've been trying to balance it in my mind like, 
why was it that I was there? And I still don't really know. And and like most times at Macca's, it was delicious for a little bit. And then it became this war of will where I was trying to finish this feed, you know? And it just, yeah. it ended up sucking in the end. And honestly, bro, I fell asleep straight after. It's like the first time in ages where I've had this like, like a literal food coma. I just fell asleep and everyone cracked up at me. But it wasn't good. You no, know, and, and, look, and, I, and I look at it like um, it's, it's really, uh, I, I think, um, uh, if you look at our, our culture, um, we are actually a little bit sick. And mm. I think the, um, the McDonald's and that fix is about that we are, we, we do have an illness, you know, um, within us. And, uh, you know, it is um, part of, uh, I guess, if you look at marketing, you know, um, and you look at uh, things like global warming, you know, if you look at marketing, it's, it, it's a, a thing that is they're very good at, um, you know, um, uh, selling to us, you know, and it's, and it's one of those, like, it's like a religion, you know, like you're either into global warming or, or you're not, you know, mm. and it's, and it's, and it's the same, I think, with, um, with, with big, big marketing, you know, it's like you're either into it, which the most people are, or, you, or you're not. Um, and, I, and I do think that we are, as a culture, very crook, you know, on so many fronts. And, um, you know, the fast food chains represent that, that illness, you know, mm. because it's not good for us. Yet what nutritional value does fast food have, you know? Yeah. Is that money? Yes, some of it, you know, goes along on the supply chain to the to the farmers and the growers along the way, but surely that would reinvent itself because we all got to eat yeah. if that corporation wasn't there. Mm. So, um, you know, I think it's just bad habits, you know? We, we, we are really just still in um, so many, you know, bad ways of, of doing stuff, you know? Mm. And uh, I was really saddened, actually, with, um, I guess, the response to, you know, people coming out of level four, mm. and um, but I wasn't surprised, you know? Yeah. I mean, is that is that a signal that the is the rapid speed we went into the lockdown that that's the rapid speed we come out? I mean, is because here the night we went into lockdown, I text a friend of mine, Jimmy Hunt, and he's done a few podcasts with me, and he's this guy yep. who goes on these wild adventures, you know, like psychologically, physically, just to make sense of it. And I, I'm always kind of scared when I touch base with Jimmy because I, I never quite know what what I'm going to get. But he said to me, he doesn't think there'll be any change because we're not going to learn our lesson. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I agree. And that's a, yeah. that's a hell of a thought, right? Because, yeah, well, but, but you know, you think though, like, um, I don't know how many how many messages do we we see a day? Um, marketing messages. It's be in the hundreds, probably mm. thousands a day. Mm. You know, so it, it's hard. It's like unless you've got some sort of force field up to mm. deflect all those messages, they're going to sink in, aren't they? You know, mm. we we know that young kids at the age of two or three recognize McDonald's or whatever the, the big brands are, you know, so it's very difficult to, to overcome that. And so a lot of, I guess, um, change comes around A, education and, and B, removing that thing, you know, mm. that stuff from our, our, our sort of daily living. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the answer for it, but it's a, I guess it's an individual sort of uh, decision is that, no, you know what, I'm actually going to make a decisive change in my life. And I, and I look at what you're doing in, in your own life and you're looking and, uh, and trying different things, you know, mm. the Wim Hof, you know, yeah. sort of things, different diets, yeah. you know, the 100-day burpees. Mm. You're always trying to challenge yourself to, to find, you know, a, a, a new way, a new growth, you know, you're, yeah. 
It's like uh, the Australian, you know, forest fires. Mm. It, it takes everything out, but there's new growth that comes yes. through, isn't it? You know, yes. so, um, yeah, I, look, my work that I do, and I challenge people, I say, well, you know, I think often you've got to lose everything to, to, to find everything again, you know. Mm. So that's a hard thing to, to challenge people too because we all want to be comfortable. <laughs> we all want to, you know, feel like we, uh, we've, we've, we've got everything going going well in life. Mm. But sometimes, you know, that, that pain and that, uh, that that challenge, you know, that is a, a hard one um, is the best for our growth, you know. So mm. unless it's going to ha- ha- happen collectively, unless it's going to be driven by, you know, business leaders and, um, and government, um, it's not going to change, you know. Yeah. Do you think, bro, that we can learn any other way apart from that hard knock of losing it all? Like... Can, is there enough bandwidth when we say, let's say I'm interviewing you right now and people are picking it up, they're putting it in their subconscious, it's 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 forcing a field up, but is it just not enough to bombard the, the other bombardment of the subconscious marketing and all this negative stuff and the worldwide connection we have? It kind of does feel like you're up against it, which leads me to ask, well, well, what's working in our favor, you know? Is there, and, and I try to resist this idea of good and evil because I think it's a bit more complicated and I even try to resist just pinning my hopes that there might be an entity which is has our back. I mean, I think that is kind of how we feel inside. We should feel like, you know, when the chips are down, hopefully something in you yeah. says, come on, brother, get up. Yeah. But for the most part, it's easy to imagine that that can be eroded too because of things like suicide and abuse and stuff like that i guess it just i try to wonder where do you find that hope from in in those you know those darker moments and and is it transferable or is it just hope for you because you went through your story yeah that's a look i think that's a um it's a great question because i think if you look at just me and my own experience so going through you know, I went through abuse as a, as a young um, person, so I understand how that works. I went through, um, you know, like bankruptcy and, and the loss of business. So I understand how that works. So for me, it's easy because I've got that deeper empathy. You know, nice. I, I get it. You know, I get what it's like to feel feel guilty and mm-hmm. to think it's your fault that mm-hmm. you know uh, someone abused you. I, I get to understand what it's like to have nothing and to realise what real success looks like, and it's not. The, the car that you drive or the house that you have, it's the relationships, it's having some food in the cupboard, you know. Mm. It's knowing that you've got people that love you. So for me, it's really easy. And and, and as we know, um, you know, we live in a, in a world where we, we protect our kids so much and we, you know, you, you talk about things like helicopter parents, you know, mm. and, and, and uh, watching over every move. And you spoke about it earlier is that, you know, often um, things were um, made sure that you, that you didn't experience tough stuff, you know, growing up. So you're always protected. So a lot of people um, don't know any different. They, they think that, um, you know, this is just the norm, you know. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, there's a lot of shit going on, you know, yeah. and a lot of bad shit that's going on. So unless you're exposed to it, why would you change? Because mm-hmm. it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And there's food in the cupboard and everything's good, you know. Um so I think as a society and what we're going through now and, and some of the changes that we can we can take on board is, is one, I hope that there's going to be more empathy because there's going to be a lot of people hurting over the next, you know, six months, 
especially to, to say 18 months, you know, mm-hmm. really some real hurt going on. Um, and uh, we haven't seen that, that yet, so hopefully there, there's empathy. Um, hopefully as well that we can reimagine a, a different future, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that success isn't all about the flash car or the bigger house because the, what I've seen with people is that um, if, if that's what you think success is, that's cool, you know, but... What I've seen is that uh, when you get to uh, that, that, that point, you think, oh, man, I've achieved success. You know, I've got that new job. I've got that new house. I've got that new whatever. There's always someone with a bigger house and a bigger job. And, and so we're always moving the goalposts and we never seem to be happy. Uh, yeah, in my own sort of studies and, and, and looking at other cultures, you know, I look at Eastern cultures and, and they've got, a, you know, what I think pretty well on, on point, whereas they... Uh, they, they, they don't go and, and hunt the stuff, you know, the, 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 the um, um, material stuff. And think, once I've got that, I'll be happy. Mm. They, they're more on about, you know, once I find it in the peace, you know, everything will be fine after that, you know. So, um, yeah, I, 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 have, I have hope for, um, for, for many, but um, most, no. Most, mm. I think, it's going to be resumption of the same. Yeah, and... Look, I think it's just something to challenge ourselves with to sit with that and go through the go through the dread, go through the um what do they call it when someone dies? You have mourning. Yeah. You know? Because we've been we've been told and educated that that it'll all work out if you put the hours in. And yeah. I kind of even though I think that's partly true i think there's a lot of things that you know luck and your environment and all these things that play into giving you the feeling you can achieve that and yeah i i sometimes try and wonder um i mean i wonder a lot but it it reaches that point where i'm like well what's the point then you know like there has to well there doesn't have to be but we have to try and make sense of it we've obviously got these senses to you know, to to make things that are supposedly good for you feel good, you know, um, like eating a delicious meal when you're hungry, you know, so it makes sense to fast because then you really look forward to it. Mm-hmm. I was testing myself over the last few days of just trying one meal in the evening and seeing if I could get through that 24-hour chunk and the psychological, like, awesome places I go to and the negative ones all day, you know, trying to say, come on, day, hurry up, and then sitting back and saying, damn, this sucks. I don't actually want to live a life where I count things as whole days because, you know, you put enough whole days together and you got months and years, and then where does that get you? But I realized I was, it was like, um, and this is probably a, a silly example, I don't really mean it honestly, but I was in the kitchen, I was behaving myself, I was being kind to my wife because we were in the cooking zone. And I was like, if I can just hold my inner asshole back, I'll get some nice food. And I thought to myself, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I was helping cook the bacon and then polite to everyone. And you know what, man? I got my bowl and I hid in the corner and I smashed back my thing and no one asked me for anything. And it was like, it worked, you know? And that whole experience of the day um, was just really interesting for me. It was something completely opposite to the three meals a day and, you know, completely kind of suppressing yourself constantly by feeding yourself. And it is that thing of just trying to know that, like maybe if every day if they just told you 50% sucks, 50% good, and sometimes the 50% is when you sleep because most of it sucks, 
then you'd at least know Whoa, we're we're in for a battle here, and uh, I, I better be prepared for tomorrow. You know, look, I, I think you've probably struck a good point because you know I look at um, you know like depression and anxiety. I believe is goes together. You know, sometimes you might be feeling like you know freaking out about. Uh, social contact or, or whatever it may mm. be and then other times you know success when you're depressed is just getting out of bed you know so it, it, I think they, they sort of they go together but um, in, in terms of I guess looking at your day and and, um, and what you do for me um, what I've learned is you know just having um, firstly you know looking at being optimistic and, and looking at, at, at the good stuff first, you know, mm. but also accepting that uh, sometimes you're just going to have a shit day. You yeah. know? And, <laughs> hey, and and, and 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 it's okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's not your norm, you know. Mm. Your norm is generally you're looking at the good in, in, in yourself and others. But um, some days it's it's okay if it doesn't all get, all go to plan, <laughs> yeah. you know. And that's that's cool. I I, so I reckon I don't know about you, bro, but. You know, we have this, this unhealthy um, stuff going on around us that we have to be perfect. You know, mm. we've got to um, perform at a certain level. We've got to, you know, for our age, we've got to have, you know, the certain house or the certain career or whatever it is. And to me, that seems very unhealthy, you know. And um, and look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have materialistic things and mm. to have, you know, status and, and those sort of things. But but it's it's very unhealthy if, if all you, you know, chase is that extrinsic extrinsic you know sort of goals and and don't focus on those intrinsic goals you know mm. the things that you do just because it feels good you know not because you're worried about the outcome you know yeah. and um and, and i've enjoyed like you know that sort of side of the last uh, month or so because you know often people are very quick to to um it's like a um how do you explain like a shop front window you know mm. like um the shop front looks amazing, you know, like Facebook, we look at the, our best sort of shot, you know, the selfie and all the good stuff, but we admit all the shit, you know, mm. when we're having a moment, having a bit of a cry, yeah. nothing wrong with having a cry, but, you know, yeah. all the stuff that's not going well, mm. when we admit all that stuff, it doesn't really give that sort of healthy healthy balance, you know, mm. and, um, and, and that's, you know, one thing that I, I would love to see more of, and I spoke about it earlier, is that, just that vulnerability, eh? yeah. you know, it's like, it's okay to not be perfect, you know. It's okay to not have your shit all together, you know. Yeah. And it's quite refreshing and nice to say you haven't, you exactly. know. And, and uh, you know, one of the things I'm thinking when you're talking is I think maybe one of the the hidden or the, the you know, the, the silver linings here is companies probably are now realizing that they need a bit more ways of articulating I'm not really doing okay. Because yeah. I, I've even realized for the place I work is that I've resisted saying I'm not on my game, yeah. not because I think there'll be repercussions, but because I don't have the language in a work. I haven't been bred to to say, hey, everybody, I'm not really doing okay, and I don't know why. I don't know. No, you, well, you, but you're so right. You, you don't know why because it's the norm. And I was, I was doing a talk um, I was speaking to a, to a group and uh, someone came up to me after um, the talk and they said hey look Paul um, I want to tell you this story because it's really important um, I believe what you talk about our culture of, of, of mental health you know um, and uh, they said I, I was um, I was a police in the police um, during the Erebus um, disaster and um, so 
they had to go over there and retrieve the bodies, and obviously that was pretty fucked up, you know. So mm. when they came back, um, and it was quite a new thing at the time, um, the police said, hey, look, we're going to offer counselling to those that have been there and experienced the stuff, which is great, you know, and, and something that we would expect of today. Um, so the people who went and saw the counsellors obviously saw a real benefit from that to be able to talk about what they saw and what they experienced and, and just to get it out. Mm. Um, but what they, what they found is, is that when they went for their next career move, there was a black mark against their name and they were saying, oh, Will, you know, Paul, he's weak because he spoke mm. to the counsellor. <laughs> so as you can imagine, what happened is that no one talked about anything because if you wanted to get career advancement, then you had to show that you were strong, you know. Mm. So when, when I heard that story, I realised that, man, it's so deep set into our, into our psyche, into our culture about not talking about how we feel, you know. And, and, I, and I, I try to always look at analogies or stories to explain things. And I, when I talk to younger people, I say, you know, talking about your deepest feelings and how, how you know, you, you're feeling at the moment, sometimes like constipation. You know, when you're <laughs> constipated, it's not very comfortable, is it? You know, but when you get it out, it feels amazing. You know, you feel lighter and you just feel like, oh, you know, just you can not have to worry about that thing that's on your mind, you know. And mm. so, yeah, it's it's a big it's a big challenge, you know. It's a big challenge because it ain't obvious. And, no. uh like, because cause there's, it's not even that I would like to say that I just want them to help me articulate it. I think there is something powerful about putting your clothes on for that day. And I'm going to turn up, even if I'm not feeling my best, because yep. you obviously, you, you sometimes don't want to give yourself full permission to let the world know exactly how you're feeling. But there is this balance. And, and I, I wonder, and I hope there will be more ways of realizing where you are, say, on a spectrum. You know, that if it's yeah. 48, you're still fine. But as soon as you reach 50, because yeah. we're really good at conditioning ourselves not to cry, you know, um, and whether that's a, a learned thing or we're all individuals and some have different thresholds, surely we do have different thresholds. We all have a slightly different story and a molecular makeup and all that stuff. But but where I kind of sit most of my time as well, uh, well, I, I'm probably more honest by nature, which sometimes is... is I think it's opposite and equal. I take a step forward and a step back because I'm always hard on sleeve, you know, and and you can't control how people interpret you when you just blabber out stuff and it's a risk. But ultimately, I think it's worth it because that's how I roll. But um, my well, I, one of the managers said to me, sorry, yep, go. No, no, you're right because I, 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 you, I think you're lucky. You know, even though, you know, you're someone who is, you know, wears your heart and your sleeve, I always look at like holding on to stuff as it's like poison. You know, mm. if, if I was going to say, "Hey, Will, here's some poison. Drink it," you'd say, "No, you know, Paul, no way." And if you were to drink it, you'd be very quickly off to the hospital or get your stomach pumped. You know, yeah. and so the ability to talk about how you feel is to get rid of those toxins, get rid of that mm. poison out of your system. And, and, and a good mate of mine who died um, uh, last year from brain cancer, and uh, he, he said to me, "Paul, he said, you know." The cancer killed me, but I reckon what started it was the stress hmm. and, and not being able to uh, to get that stress out, out of my self. And, and that's what I believe was the feeder for my hmm. cancer, you know. And rightly or wrongly, you know, um, I don't know. Hmm. But I think we could all agree that if we hold on to that toxicity, 
that stress, that shit that's happened to us, you know. And generally, it's most of the shit that's happened in our childhood, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if we don't deal with that, we carry that on, and it causes us so many, uh, so much issues. So, whilst you are um, often in that sort of like, you know, um, uh, or, not awkward, but that that, that, that place where mm. you're challenging other people because you've been honest, um, you're so lucky, you know, because your natural um, self is to one to share, you mm. know, and that is that's a gift, and you need to keep sharing that what you're doing, you know. Yeah, man. Well. Look, it's it's where I realize we get to the point in the conversation where there's actually something where the world doesn't have to be so big. So you mentioned stress, right? And I guess this is where, you know, again, the 45 uh, points in the, your artwork, they all kind of uh, somewhat refer to how to deal with that moment. Would we be able to talk a little bit about that piece behind you? So for people who can't see, you're, I mean, you are an artist and, and you do things. Could you just run us through how you created that piece and, and where it kind yeah. of came from? Yeah, so um, behind me is uh, an artwork called A Mental War on Fitness. And in um, 2014, I went through a really tough part um, in, in my own life where it was very, a lot of things, you know, um, sort of transpired to confront me to say, hey, look, you know, um, you've got to decide, you know, which way's next, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'd always been a people pleaser and uh, really worried about, uh, um, you know, what people thought, you know, outwardly I, I was confident, but inwardly I was, a, I was a real wreck, you know, and so I went through, um, I was a co-director in a company and uh, we went through um, bankruptcy, and uh, and coming out of that, um, you know, I was uh, I was a mess, and I uh, really doubted myself, and, and I guess I felt quite uh, embarrassed, you know, that I was a failure. Um, but uh, what happened was, uh, my wife um, said to me, "Paul, you need to go talk to someone," because I, I was not very good at talking about how I felt, and so I went and talked to um, this person, uh, Jenny, and lovely um, person, and really, she um, was very spiritual woman and, and that's my I guess for me I'm a very spiritual person but um, I lay on, the, I lay on, on this, uh, this bed she rubbed my feet and we just chatted you know and I came home and uh, I remember just crying and crying for hours you know for about you know two hours uncontrollably and it was the, the best feeling even though it was you know um, quite energy sappy but just to get rid of all that stuff you know mm. just, and um, I'd been writing um, so on this piece of artwork um, called a mental war and fitness, uh, 45 points on it, and I'd be writing these things. And I didn't know how it was going to come out, but I came home and I pretty much painted um, that artwork within a day, you know, give or take. And uh, it was uh, such a special moment for me because it was like the universe was saying, Paul, um, this is what you need to do. Don't worry about everything else and what you've happened in the past. That's that you can't control anything of that. Mm. All you got to do is just follow that, follow that thing behind you. You know, follow that piece of art. And I have, and uh, you know, my journey to date has been amazing, and it just wow. uh, keeps keeps growing and, and 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 being amazing day by day. You know, mm. so um, I, I guess my my always my my um, my take to people is that you know. Um, often we're driven by our heart, oh yeah, sorry, our head, you know, our ego, um, our, our logical brain. But for me, uh, once I connected with my heart, you know, and, uh, and and I guess if you were to to, to talk, you know, talk about the heart, for me, it's like a, you imagine like a bank vault, and, and inside that vault, if you open the door, is all the things that you would do if no one was to judge you, no one was to care what you did. If you were to do those things, you know. That's what you were, you know, put on this earth to do. And when I opened that that bank vault, because I had resisted that for such a long time, 
I found all these amazing things that I was very good at and I knew naturally that I was drawn to and then um, all of a sudden the light started to shine, you know, and, uh, it, it, and that, when, that, when that light shines, it attracts other people to you, you know, because it's a good energy, you know, yeah, and people want to be a part of that energy. Isn't it amazing how life is, you know, it's kind of this logical world with this other thing and you <laughs> might call it spiritual or the unknown or whatever it is, but there's, they have to, it's like a, or a feeling, you know, you have to unlock that feeling. And, and I mean, we do it all the time, you know, but we just, to, to actively sit there and say, man, I just want to, like at the moment where I'm at, I guess why I'm trialing all these different ways is I just want to unlock things and I don't want to actually know why they're unlocking. I just love the fact that when I jump in the cold water, in my mind, and it's been told to me scientifically, you get a boost of uh, repair cells and they go around the body and they say what's up what's up I'm here and if you don't do that they just sit there and I hate the fact that they just sit there I yeah. hate the fact that they might only come out when you're when you're trying to get rid of toxins crying you know that's not fair that's not fair that we don't know that that's all right. it takes is two minutes in the cold water and if we really knew it and if we saw the people that we love doing it and if we were taught it like we are about the ingredients of a bloody Big Mac We'd be all doing it because yeah. that's what our ancestors all did. And I reckon there's a hundred of those things that are right with us every day and we just don't know it. And we just get caught up and that's why I'm interested in talking to you and others and like what's that one bit that, like if you had to kind of pick a ritual in your day that, that is so important to you, do you have a couple that you follow every day? Yeah, I, I think for me it's that um, having that reflective time um, is really important. Um, uh, so just in terms of that reflective time, like um, I, I try to, uh, you know, use visualisation a lot to uh, um, help me see things, you know, get more clarity. So an example would be um, I, I would like to picture myself on a riverbank, you know, so I, I come out of the river and I come onto the riverbank and it's a really it's a nice sunny spot. There's some bush in the background nice birds you know there it's just a nice place to be mm. and then um, in the river I see my thoughts you know um, going down the river you know so every day we think 60,000 thoughts you know but um, I like to see all those thoughts you know go down the river and I just like to see what do I need to focus on because most of the shit I don't need to focus on <laughs> and most of the things are automatic you know um, do I turn left do I turn right you know do I blame that foul on the dog or not you know all those things are very automatic but there's a lot of things that come down that you know, or not a lot. There's some things that come down that river that you need to focus on. You know, so if, like for me, I, I found when I first started doing that visualization, there were things that were coming down every day, the same thing. You know, so it's like, well, you know, it's not a good thing that's coming every day. I need to sort that out. So, yeah, that's sort of stuff that I really do. And then that's a reflective thing, you know. Um, but a proactive thing for me. Um, it's around just simple things like laughter, you know, like if I'm not laughing or not looking at funny things around my day, then there's something not right. There's something a little bit off because I like humour. I think humour is a really important medicine, you know, within the cabinet of, of things that we have available, just like nature. You know, nature is, is often all we need, I think. We don't need as many pills. We probably just see more time in nature. The thing is, you can't monetize nature. The drug companies can't monetize nature, so they don't promote it. Yeah. But, you know, um, it's just those simple things. So, you know, having time to just to try to sort things out and get some clarity. Because if you've got clarity, 
you can see more clearly and make you know, decisions easily, mm. you know, and, um, and having that connect, connectivity, you know, your head, your heart and your gut, you know, understanding that if something doesn't feel right, there's a reason why. So why is that? Go back to your head, you know. What is it? Or go back to your heart. Does it match your, your moral compass, you know? So, yeah, those are the sort of things that I, I, I like to do each day. I, like oh, to I love that. Yeah. Head, heart, gut. Man, yeah. that just made total sense, bro, because this is the, all that metaphorical stuff, like the logic sits in your head, the feeling sits in your heart, and or maybe the feeling sits in your gut too. And yeah. each have to kind of, each have to talk to each other. And yeah. it's like everything in our life is either um, you're the head guy, you know, you sit in the office and do your thing, or you're the rugby player, go out there and smash your body. And no wonder everyone's running around and not in touch with themselves, right? And everyone's saying, like, one of the things that frustrates me is people say, you've got to be grounded. And I never know really what those things mean. And I mean, I, I, I know what they mean, yeah, but no. I, don't, I don't know how to access that. But when someone says to me, is your head, heart and gut talking to each other? Is it in sync? Yeah. Do, do you, yeah. Are you aware that those that make up you? I'm like, oh, shit balls. I've got to work harder. I've got to work harder. I've got to make sure that it's not. Yeah. And so it's trying to find those things. Like I actually think that, you know, around your food, around your physical exercise and around, you know, um, your family or, or someone to who you would call in a, in a shitty moment. That's the kind of model, you know, aim towards doing a little bit in that. And, and it doesn't really matter how you do it or I do it, as long as you can just turn on whatever needs to be turned on. Eh? And oh, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, I, I think we all we all interpret experiences so differently based on our upbringing and uh, I guess you know the way we are um, as, as people, and, you know, biologically or, or whatever it is, our mix is. And, and so, um, you know, I, I think we can't, you know. Look, try to have one size fits all. So, mm. yeah, for me, it's just trying to, you know, to make things as simple as possible. And I do a lot of work within education and with kids and stuff. So, when, when you're telling stories, I always believe whether you're a corporate or you're dealing with, you know, young kids, you should always try to explain things on a 12 year old level. Yeah. I think that, you know, that sort of age group is good because you can still, you know, challenge their imagination a bit but not overcomplicate things you yeah. know and things like you know getting your, your head heart and your gut in, in alignment makes sense and i always say to kids like oh so you, you're going to jump off a bridge right it's a high bridge and there's a river down there you've done it before so you know your head says you logically i can do that mm. and um your heart is is saying you should do it because you know you, there's a girl over there you want to increase yeah <laughs> And you think, she'll think you're pretty cool if you do that, but, yeah. you know, money off the top. But your gut's going like, man, this doesn't feel right. And then mm. all of a sudden you go back to your head and you think, oh, shit, has anyone dived down to see if there's any lobs that's come mm. down since the last storm, you know? And they get that, you know, they, they understand that, you know. And, and I, I look at my own life, it's so often I look before I had, I guess, my, my moment of change, um, whereas... I, I ignored my guts, you know, and I ignored my, my heart and, and what was important to me, my, my moral compass, just to try to fit in, you know. Mm. But I realised that, you know, fitting in is, um, is not um, the recipe for success. You know? yeah. yeah, so... Um, 
Oh, brother, I I appreciate you, man, joining me. And look, we've only actually met one time in real life, and the rest of it has just been the social media thing. And and <clears throat> you know, talk about feelings. I get a feeling about. I don't know, like I want to talk to that person, I want to do more and I want to get to know that person and, and actually, you know, um, I don't kind of look too deep even though I do look deep, I don't read into things but I, I, I wondered why it took me so long to chat with you because I've wanted to chat with you since I met you that first time we met through Greg and I, know, I think I know why, it's because, because I think I needed to talk to you now. You know, I just yeah. needed a. I just needed someone who I could come to and rebuild whatever, because I had a couple podcasts recently where it just didn't gel, and it was mostly me. It was mostly yeah. that I didn't feel like it, and it really worried me because you know it's the first time in years that I, I hadn't been pumped to go into a conversation, and and I don't know what it was, and I'm not even going to dwell on it. I was just. I thought to myself, Jeepers, I think. I think. Paul would be a really fun conversation right now and and again it's Friday night and we're not out at the pub and we're not you know you yahooing but but we are kind of taking the essence of that and catching up and and I I pin my hopes that if we're going to back this world of the internet that at least some of that feeling has to be able to be transferred you know I don't think all of it will be but something like evolution maybe will develop other senses which can extract that and decode a digital conversation and 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 plant it back in because we're going to have to rapidly work to that because we just don't have the look corona just boom all of a sudden no one can catch up you can't travel you can't do this that's your bubble and I think it's a, a quick reminder that uh, well two things one we're pretty lucky that we're rugby mad here because if Spark haven't hadn't have got their shit together for Rugby World Cup I reckon we would have seen all of those holes now like we've all had all this flawless internet and no one's whinged at all because the infrastructure was there and then it made me think I wonder what we would have done in the 90s you know would it have been phone calls or you know would people have just been more prepared for isolation because when you got home you didn't have to be connected to the world yeah and no, um, no I think it's, it's really um, interesting because you, if you think about the last um, I guess 100 years we're, we're the first um, group of humans that have gone against um, tribalism, you know, like, so prior to, I don't know, the early, you know, 19, uh, or 2000, you know, what, what's the 19, early 1900s, yeah, so, um, you know, we, we've, we've sort of broken that tribe down and uh, we've, we've sort of gone in our own sort of, um, uh, sort of journeys, more individualistic, you know, and we've seen like that sort of centralisation, so look, if you look at New Zealand, um, we've sort of, you know, closed the schools down, so like tried to have less schools, mm. less pubs, you know, so we've slow, slowly broken things down. And uh, if you look at the, the journey of, of um, anxiety, depression, suicides, it's just gone like, like that, you know. Um, so what I've enjoyed about uh, COVID-19 and the technology is that um, it's brought us more together Mm. And um, some of the, the, the biggest, uh, I guess, um, barriers to or, or, or biggest issues around mental health is, um, is you know, um, belonging to something. And, um, you know, the World Health Organization says itself that uh, one of the biggest challenges in terms of health is um, loneliness. Mm-hmm. 
And um, yes, I know that there's been some terrible separation for the elderly and people who live alone. But thank God we've got technology to connect us together, you know. Mm. So I hope out of this um, we're going to realise the importance of community. Because, bro, I don't know what it's like for you, but I'm a person that's very... um, very strong with community and have always pushing that, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of story around we need to keep connected, we need to, mm. you know, stay and, and look after each other. And so for me, that's been easy. But even still for me, um, just um, having that more time because when I went for a walk around my streets, you know, normally I'd be too busy and say, oh, well, sorry, mm. bro, I've got to dash off and pick mm. up the kids or do this. But I didn't have to be anywhere else. I was mm. like, oh, bro. So I'd ask you not... Uh, one question, but two questions, and so all of a sudden, I got a little, a little bit deeper. I understood that Will um, enjoyed these things. Mm. His family came from here, that they enjoyed this part. So that um, just brings me, you know, us more together. And I think if we can have that more empathy and and love and and things, it's the glue that will hold us together. And we haven't had that for such a long time, and that's mm. why we're all fucked up. You know, mm. that's why we've got so much depression, anxiety, suicide. You know, because. We're all in it for ourselves, and we don't belong as a tribe anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we want to be successful. We need to go back to being a tribe, you know? Do you think and, that's been registered, we- though, bro, in the in the agencies and the government stats? Do you think they're pulling out that data? Or is that, like, because that doesn't need this massive change for amendment, right? This just needs the will of the people who want to push it as an agenda. And I would say there would be money attached to this if you want to commercialize it, you know? But but I just get the sense that, well, well, I don't know what my sense is. I, I hope that even the rule makers have the sense that they understand the value of connection and yeah. community because it just about... You know, all of the things we normally look at as the stalwarts of our society, like it just took two weeks and Air New Zealand was on its knees. Mm. Boom. What that said to me was, oh, I'm not the only jackass who's two weeks away from financial ruin. Even those guys are. And they had an $800 million head start on me. Yeah. So it leveled it, right? It leveled it. But but now it's like, well, yeah so what do we do maybe that's not supposed to be with the government maybe that's each individual person realizing that when we can get the chance go and hang out be part of the community groups you know um you know maybe it's like maybe we'll see a spike in church and 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 i mean it's it's something that i've been thinking about that it wouldn't be that bad even if i didn't believe everything just to go somewhere where people are nice to each other in person yeah, right? you dress up you gotta you gotta go in there it's not about you shut your mouth hear some stories from the past not a bad yeah. thing yeah and I, I think i think in leadership i think the problem that we have with leadership around the world is that often leaders become divorced from reality so <laughs> for example if you want to change you know the shitty housing that we have in new zealand you know like megan woods is the minister of housing she needs to go take her family and live in a cold damp mouldy shitbox mm-hmm. in South Auckland with not only her family but her extended family, <laughs> you know, for three months through winter. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now that if she was to do that, she would be motivated to change the housing stock. But when she goes home to a nice, ventilated, warm um, home, there's no motivation yeah. because she's so divorced from reality. And unfortunately, we run the world on spreadsheets. We move mm-hmm. these things around and we, 
move this around and we've got this, you know, these, these metrics that we've, we've ticked these boxes. What about ticking boxes? But we've actually lost the connection to each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've looked at this time as a gift, you know, it's a gift to, to, to connect again to each other, to, to be humans, you know. And um, I use that example um, because that example can be used in so many other parts of society, you know. But, mm. hey, um, we'll see, you know. And uh, unfortunately, we probably won't because, you know, everyone is um, really motivated by what they can get for themselves, you know, yeah. or their extended group, you know. And, mm. uh, and they don't think about other people, you know. Like, when I lost all the material stuff, you know, in my own journey, all, all the, the, the money and the stuff for a certain time, you know, I realised that, you know, um, what other people endured, you know, and so my empathy was, was so much greater. But, uh, you know, um, a lot of people don't experience that, so they don't want to motiv- they're not motivated to change, you know. Yeah. Well, well, you know, something like um, I think what these conversations provide me and and others is an opportunity to sit back and think. You know, it's that little it's that little tiny little uh, tinder in our gut, right? And it's just maybe just holding on, and it has the capacity to be this roaring flame. And yeah. I, I love the fact that it can sit there. You know, like the truth is the Wim Hof stuff. It took it's taken me four years to try it, and I sat back the other day and I was like. What the hell's going on there? I knew all the benefits. I knew how to do it. I just didn't do it. Yeah. It's like something had to. And yeah. it's that something I'm trying to isolate. What the hell? Because I don't want to hang around and wait for luck. Was it yeah. the fear of COVID? Did something awaken? And I had to, maybe it was that, the idea of being vulnerable. And I put the immune system thing together. And But 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 I love the fact that we're just, if we can ask ourselves, you know, what is that one thing? What do I need to be starting? What do I need to be thinking about? And and actually, I'm stoked that the news doesn't do anything that we've covered tonight because actually, well, one, less people own TVs um, and two, more people have the device in their pocket and the internet connection. And by chance or by whatever or sharing, people can hear this chat. And that's what gives me hope is yeah. that, the agenda you and me have is just trying not to be a dick around the home, trying to sort out how to how to laugh during the day and earn some money, and how to value whatever's going on in real time. And that's actually a mission worth fighting for, in my opinion. You know, um, the, just have more people thinking like that. Like I've got to make it all add up. I get it. There's a part of me that has to be the worker. I get it. But man, I want to giggle at that silly stuff. I love that you have said to me that we've got to explain it in a uh, so that a twelve or thirteen year old gets it because because that's that's reality. Like I can imagine. Like I wish you would make a series of cards, and on one side it's like the adult version, and on the other side it's actually what it is. Because because like a translator, you know. Um, I know when you say it, we get it. I know in the principles of hypnosis, that's what they talk about. They talk about the four-year-old is the subconscious mind. And if it doesn't get it, you know, your conscious mind uh, will get it, but the subconscious won't. And I think that's where maybe my subconscious mind didn't get the Wim Hof thing. There wasn't, it wasn't well enough explained to the 12-year-old me, you know, and, and maybe that's one thing I can think about. How do we... We're taking the information, but then are you really getting it or are you just logically getting it? And um, Yeah, no, I, I think I think you make a lot of sense. And, and like for me as, a, as an artist, artist and as a creative thinker, like um, I, I do things like this, right? So I, I um, 
you know, I look where I am in my own present life right now, and then I, I fast forward and I, I, I see myself as a 90-year-old man, you know, um, who's dying, and I'm watching the highlight reel of my life, you know, and uh, and then I come back to my present time, and I think, you know, um, if what I'm doing now is not going to be in the highlight reel of my life, I look at ways to change it, you know, and, and listening to you speak about, you know, going through the Wim Hof experience, you know, my, my advice to you is to is to put yourself on the, you know, the 90-year-old bed, you know, use your imagination to take yeah. yourself there and to see if, if what you're doing now is going to be in the high reel. If it's not, then I think that's a great way to fasten up change, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I'm always big at encouraging anyone to, to try to tap into uh, your imagination to create scenarios. And, like, for me, if I'm thinking negative thoughts, for example, you know, like I always ask myself questions I said you know I'll say Paul is this thinking doing you any good you know and the, the answer is always no you know and so I have to reset you know so like how do I <laughs> how do I stop that thinking you know mm. and um, and when I first started practicing that you know thoughts keep coming back but after a while I learned ways to reset you know whether that was through breathing just a few deep breaths just to change my things you know but we I, I think we underestimate our, our ability to uh to, to create, you know, realities in our, or different realities in our own, our own self, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to soften it. And that's what I, I like using art because um, when you talk about, you know, mental health, and I, I, I like to really talk more about emotional health, but yeah. I use art because it helps to soften, you know, the edges. It, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of the stigma away, you know, from those, uh, those hard, you know, sort of things that we often uh, are confronted with, you know. Yeah, so. bro. Um, brother, where can people follow you um, to follow your journey? Or look, there's many people out here looking for uh, kind of ways to frame up their world, whether they're businesses or whatever. Um, is there a way they can reach out to you and and kind of contact you? Yeah, oh, for sure. So for me, I mean, I have a I have a website and um, it's paulrangiwahia dot com, and uh, or on Facebook is uh, Paul Rangiwahia. So um, yeah, I'm one of those people I always say, you know, um, I'm always available to, to, to whatever because my, my co-popper is about um, just helping other people, you know, mm. and uh, and trying to uh, share uh, my own experiences because, uh, you know, you know, I, I always say to people, I don't have all the answers, you know, but what I do know is, is, is these few things and, and one is uh, being able to, to talk about how you feel um, is, is so, so good because... Uh, no one deserves to hold on to those negative emotions like guilt, you know, and fear and shame and stuff like that. And uh, having been through lots of experiences myself, I realised that uh, you know, getting that stuff out is is, is so good. And, um, and and one thing also is that you know, I'm a good listener, and uh, um, and I think listening's often just the most important medicine. It's not about having all the answers; it's just giving someone uh, the chance to uh, to share, you know how they're feeling you know and if you can give them that opportunity you can change their lives you know man it's been awesome hanging out with you and and thanks again bro for like literally answering the call you know Uh, i kind of hinted at it before but i think i needed this chat just as much as the people need content right like i kind of get it into my mind we're on a grind and we're creating these things and we're part of an algorithm but for the first time in a long time, this has been an equal amount just for me, you know. And and I I, I thank you for um, 
Well, you know, it's like there's a reason I'm talking to you and it's partly because you took the burden of those experiences so you can center yourself when others need you too, right? Because this is what happens when you shield it, when you shield life as I've been sheltered, uh, the big moments come along, well, the bigger moments come along and, and they knock you off your equilibrium. And that's, that's, it kind of, I think that's when the door creeps open and things can jump in, bad habits, bad ideas. And so just kind of touching base again, connecting with someone like yourself, it, it just means a hell of a lot. So just want to thank you, brother. Thanks, brother. And, and I think, you know, for you, it's, uh, well, I don't know, well, for me, it's, you know, I learned the most on the edge of my comfort zone, you know, mm. not when I'm in my comfort zone, you know, and uh, I like what you're doing with your with your work, with your mahi, mm. is that you're, um, you know, going, trying to get to the edges of the comfort zone, because that's where you learn the shit there, you that's know. Exactly. Hey, yeah, you know? and it's, it definitely <laughs> is uncomfortable, you know, like yep. I haven't, I'm yet to sit in that bath and enjoy it. And actually it's been expressed to me that you never will. And I don't understand because I was raised in a way where you enjoy it. And these are things you can have. But I'm actually really enjoying thinking about the next time I will jump in because it sucks. And that's kind of, in a weird way, you can control the suck, you know. And yep. that's the kind of beauty of it. Sweet brother. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Awesome. Thanks again, bro. And um, I hope we have many more kind of, yeah, conversations like this. Nah, it's been cool. Well, thanks very much, eh? Sweet as, man. So there we have it, team. Another awesome conversation. Paul, thank you so much for joining us and sharing and being vulnerable with us. Your vulnerability, your story builds us up. And I think that's what I've been struggling to try and articulate. You know, I want it to translate into digital. And it does. Maybe it just doesn't it doesn't translate as fast than when we're together. But it translates and and I love the fact that you sharing your story gives us a way to regulate our own story and to process our own story. So just want to thank you. Before we go, team, if you might consider sponsoring or donating to this podcast via Patreon, I'm asking for $10 per month um, to support this podcast oh my gosh it's like a um it's like a what do you call it like a um this is crazy every time i go to talk about patreon and it's like a bad omen asking you to donate money i yawn it's so weird it's so weird i mean maybe it's not as weird as i'm thinking it's maybe i'm just tired because a lot of mental energy goes out to to be with the guest and um that's okay Anyways, team, you know the deal. If you might consider supporting me on Patreon, uh, the support the yawning guy on Patreon, $10 a month, and I'll give everyone a shout-out. So, Daniel, you get your shout-out. He is the sole supporter of this podcast, and I look forward to looking back at this one day and and laughing at, um, at the fact that it starts somewhere. Every week it reminds me we're starting here and we're building together. So 10 bucks a month if you... Um, can do it and feel like doing it i would greatly appreciate it that's us i think the yawning's a signal go do something else go and relax go and have a sleep (sighs) thanks everyone for joining me thank you all for blowing my mind and we will see you 
in the next episode.